Pastor Steve Converse now to introduce us to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. We need to understand, beloved, that church is not a social club. It's not an opportunity to come and check in with everybody once a week. How's the car running? Oh, it's zero 49ers. How about the Giants? I mean, that's fine. All that stuff goes on, and that's great. But that's not the primary purpose we meet on a Sunday morning, especially. The primary purpose we meet on a Sunday morning is to gather together to be taught the Word of God, to come together in corporate prayer, in corporate worship, fellowship. Welcome to Graceful Truth, the weekly radio program originating from the pulpit teaching ministry of Grace Bible Church, located here in Redwood City, revealing God's grace through God's truth. It's a delight having you with us. We would invite you to join us as we embark on a series simply entitled The ABCs of Discipleship. We'll be focusing in on Matthew chapter 10 today, verses 24 through 42, as we take an introductory look at this marvelous series laid out before us, What Every Believer should know about following Christ, and what does it mean to be a disciple? We'll focus our attention on the fact that disciples are followers of Christ today, and just exactly what that looks like, and we'll also spend a little bit of time looking at the fact that we're treated like Christ as well. Won't you join us for today's broadcast of Graceful Truth Now? Once again, here's Pastor Steve. You can turn over to the uh, Gospel of Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 10, we find ourselves in the 24th verse of Matthew chapter 10, and uh, we just have the privilege to open up uh, this book this morning and uh, see how God will, will bless us. I think it's good to read this section of Scripture, and uh, this portion of Scripture basically runs from Matthew chapter 10 verses 25 all the way through the end of chapter 10. So I want to read that for us in its entirety this morning. It's basically going to be three messages that build on this. So we won't read it every week, but I think it's good for you to receive uh, in totality what, what Jesus is saying here in its context. And so Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house... Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will, be, will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whosoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. 
He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I believe this section of scripture is probably one of the most dynamic and most crucial teachings of our Lord and Savior. It deals obviously with the subject of discipleship. This teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ on the matter of discipleship will change your life if you're open and your heart is open to the things of God. If you're like me, when I read through this, I get a little nervous. I get kind of shaky on things because there's certain commitment level here that Jesus is expressing. And sometimes we get a little comfortable in our Christianity. Amen? And sometimes we need somebody to come along and shake us up a little bit. And that's, I think, what Jesus is doing here. It demands our attention to spend several weeks in this text. This morning, I just want to look at verses 24 and 25. And it really reflects on the responsibility of the church, as stated by our Lord Jesus Christ, dealing with discipleship. The responsibility of the church in Matthew 18 Jesus said very clearly, go and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's not an option. That's not something we do aside from, you know, the music. He said, this is what I need you to do. You go and you make disciples of all nations. And Matthew 10 basically contains the instructions, the directions on what it means to be his disciples. And I think this is so important that we understand this. To begin with, the Greek word there, translated disciple, means learner. That's all it means. It's not a holy word. You can be a disciple of anybody. You can be a disciple of the devil. Jesus called 12 men to himself to be his disciples. And Jesus taught a group of 12 disciples. He helped them. He helped them in a myriad of ways. He helped them to grow spiritually, to mature spiritually. And the goal was that he could spend time with these 12 guys. And when the time came for him to jet out of here and take off, that they're going to be left with some substance to be able to pass that on to whoever God brings across their path. So when we talk about discipleship, it's not a cult of Zach we're talking about. It's not a dead end. It's something that continues. It's something that we pass on to further future generations. That's what discipleship is all about. We're commanded in Scripture. Ephesians 4.12 says we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's my primary goal as a pastor. That's our primary goal as a church in the lives of people that come to this church. We want to equip you for the work of ministry. We don't want to equip you to come and sit in church. <laughs> That's not why we're here. I mean, don't get me wrong. We feel good when you come and sit in church. But that's not the primary purpose. If you're just coming and sitting in church and filling up a seat, and that's it, then you're living in disobedience to what God has called you to do, the work of the ministry. 
And we're going to look at this closer in the, in the coming weeks. But we need to understand, beloved, that church is not a social club. It's not an opportunity to come and check in with everybody once a week. How's the car running? Oh, you see those 49ers? How about the Giants? You know? I mean, that's fine. All that stuff goes on, and that's great. But that's not the primary purpose we meet on a Sunday morning, especially. The primary purpose we meet on a Sunday morning is to gather together to be taught the Word of God, to come together in corporate prayer, corporate worship, fellowship, even food. You can throw food in there. We have food in the fellowship hall afterwards. We do all those things on a Sunday morning. But if we do all those things and you leave and you haven't been equipped for the work of ministry, something's missing, something's wrong. And see, our churches have quickly turned into a spectator, consumer-driven, market-driven commodity in the society in which we live today. So when people walk through the doors of a church, they're no longer there to do something for somebody or for the church or for the Lord or for whoever. They're there to get something. How are you going to help me feel better today? How are you going to help me deal with my wife or my husband or my kids? Give me some tools to this. And you're, it's, it's basically people want, 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 want. If they're not involved in ministry, they're just selfishly gathering all that up for themselves. Just as a consumer would. That's not what the church is about. The church is called to come together on a Sunday to be equipped to be built up in their faith so that when we walk out those doors, we're walking into a lost and dying world that desperately needs to hear about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you miss that, if you, if you walk out of here without thinking that, you're missing the purpose God has you here. What is the goal of discipleship? The goal of discipleship is Christ-likeness. It's Christ-likeness. When, when Jesus called his 12 disciples, he just didn't want some fishing buddies or some buddies to hang out in a boat. That's not what it was about. He wanted people who would come and learn of him. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner. In our case, he's a learner of the teachings and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted people to come and learn of him. He even said that. He said, take my yoke upon you and what? Learn of me. That's what Jesus requested. Be discipled by me. That's what he wanted out of that relationship with his 12 disciples. And if you stop and think about it, that's really what conversion is all about, isn't it? When someone comes to Christ, conversion is, is identifying yourself as one who is willing to learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. All things whatsoever he has commanded. That's what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. And when you think about that definition, and you think about how it involves the conversion aspect, that's what you're doing when you're converted. You're converted from what? From your own way, the devil's ways, to God's ways. You're snatched out of the darkness and thrown into the light. Your destiny is no longer hell. Your destiny now is heaven. There's a transformation that takes place. Conversion is identifying yourself as one who is willing to learn from Jesus Christ. And the implication of that, when you want to learn something, there comes a point where you're going to have to obey what you learn, right? Obedience is part of the process. When you become a Christian, in fact, you're saying this, I choose to be a learner of the Lord Jesus Christ and to submit to everything that he instructs us. That's the stuff of genuine conversion. That's when people are truly transformed by the touch of God. You can't come to Jesus and say, well, gee, I want all my sins forgiven, but I don't want to do what you tell me to do. 
doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, our churches are full of people that think that's exactly how it works. And they got their little fire insurance, and that's all that matters. They can go out and live like whoever they want to live like. Usually it's not like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's more like the devil. And they think it's okay. After all, you know, I got the love of God in my heart. I know Jesus. I go to church. God looks down on that and says, so what? When's the last time you obeyed what I told you to do? It's not rocket science. It's very basic. The goal of discipleship is Christ-likeness. That's what Jesus wanted us and his disciples to conform to, his likeness. It's not just meeting Jesus. It's not just falling in love with Jesus. It's affirming his lordship. It's affirming his role of a teacher in your life. It's affirming your role as a pupil who needs to be brought to maturity in Christ. The church is to produce mature disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ who can then in turn reproduce themselves. See, I know a lot of disciples who are interested in learning. I mean, boy, they're on KFAX list and everything. They got commentaries coming out the ears and Bible versions and all sorts of things. When you stop them dead in the tracks, you say, well, who are you passing this on to? Who are you discipling? Well, you know, I don't have time. I just I don't have time. Well, you got time to do all this for yourself. You don't have time to pass this on to somebody else. That's what God calls us to do. There's certain commitments, and these aren't in your notes. I don't, I don't think I put these in your notes. But there's certain commitments, and they'll be up on the screen, that it takes to produce mature disciples. There's commitments. Not only on the church's side, but on your side as congregants of the church. The first commitment of a disciple is you have to be committed to God's calling. You have to be committed to God's calling. I know without a shadow of a doubt what God has called me to do in this place. It's not to hold evangelistic crusades. It's not to figure out how we can fill the church up with market-driven technology, all this other stuff. It's not that. That's not what I am called here to do. I am called here to do one simple, basic thing. To edify the saints of God with the word of God on a consistent weekly basis to the best of my innate ability. <laughs> I have to fulfill that calling as the spirit of God empowers me to do that. Doesn't mean I feel I can do that. I feel totally inadequate when it comes to that. But that's what God has called me to do. And so many times God calls us to do something that is so far above us we feel we could never do. Because he wants us to be Dependent on him. Are you committed to God's calling in your life? See, I can control that side of it. I can control to the best of my ability with God's help to get up here Sunday after Sunday and hopefully open up the Bible, teach God's word in a way that, you know, maybe sometimes you understand, maybe sometimes you don't, but I'm trying to be faithful to a task that God's called me to do. I'm not a gifted communicator. I, you know, I stumble, I mumble, I do all sorts of things. Kind of shy person, all that stuff. God somehow has to Allow me to overcome those things and communicate clearly his word on a weekly basis. That's what I try to do. That's what the Lord Jesus was trying to do here in Matthew 10. He's trying to communicate truth to his disciples. But he had to have open hearts to do it. You have to have open hearts to receive instruction. I mean, teaching God's word is really like a radio program. You know, you can go out here and turn on all sorts of radio programs. Last week, I was able to go over to KFAX and talk with the, 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 the director of KFAX. And we had some pastors there for a luncheon, and we were talking about different things. And they gave us a tour of the studio. Small building, not real big. And he showed us where Craig Roberts has his show and different things and all this. kind of interesting. And he came to the controller desk, 
and there's nobody there. Nobody's sitting there. And yet I'm hearing stuff on the air. So finally one pastor goes, you know, what happens if something goes wrong? You know, what happens if, I mean, because there's nobody here physically. As well, alarms go off and, you know, things happen and we usually run in there. It's all automated today. You don't really have an announcer sitting there giving you a commercial. That's things of the past. It's all automated. It's all pre-recorded for the most part. And they just hit a little thing and a wave file plays over the air. Pretty amazing. But he said, the one thing we don't want, he said, we can deal with, if you've ever heard once in a while, one time I told him when we were there, I said, you know, what happens when, like one time I was listening to MacArthur and he kept on saying the same sentence over for like, you know, 20 minutes. It's like he got stuck and it just kept on looping. Yeah, he goes, that happens. That's when the alarms go off. But sometimes on the weekends, nobody's here. So he goes, we have a way of dialing in a number remotely and be able to reset the program. But he said, we're not, we don't care about that as long as there's something going on in the air. But the FCC, the one thing they require is that we don't have just dead air. We can't have dead air. We can't have a radio station, station you turn to and there's nothing happening. And he said, because if that happens on a frequent basis, what happens? People tune you out. So when you correct that problem, you may be broadcasting full force 24-7. But you know what? If they tune you out, they're not going to be hearing you. So it's important to understand that when we teach the word of God, my question to you is, are you tuned in? Are you hearing what's being taught? These aren't fairy tales. These aren't, you know, five quick little easy lessons on life or whatever. This is the word of God given to us by Almighty God, the Holy Word of God. And so when we come together as a church, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to be ready. Come here on a Sunday morning ready to worship Him. Because if you're not tuned in, you're going to miss it. It's not that it's not being done, but you're going to miss it. I pray that the church of God would wake up on this issue. Because so many times people straggle in on a Sunday morning, they're dragging their feet, and it's like, whoa, just give me something to get me through the week, Pastor. Once again, it's back to that, what are you going to do for me today? We should be here Sunday mornings, and I'll say this for the, the regular attenders here, early, eager to worship God. None of this strolling in at 10 o'clock, and whoo, made it, or 10.05. And I see some of you coming up from the parking lot, and you see me coming over, and they're like, oh, we got to beat the pastor. We beat the pastor. We're not late. <laughs> we should be here early, beloved. Why? Because what goes on here week after week is of major, major importance to your spiritual welfare and your spiritual care. Come prepared. What do I mean? You know what? Go to bed early Saturday night. So you're, you get a full night's rest Saturday night. So when Sunday morning comes, man, you wake up and you're excited that you're coming to a place where the Word of God is taught and you can fellowship with God's people and be edified in your faith. Don't you be staying up till 2, 3 in the morning. What is that about? That just shows immaturity on your part as a believer. That just shows disrespect for what's going on here on a Sunday morning. Well, that's not important. I got other things that are more important. We need to come with our hearts prepared to receive the teaching of God's word, which is able to edify, which is able to build you up, to convict, to encourage your hearts. This book, beloved, is not like any other book. It's a living book. It's an active book. It has a way of transforming your life when you apply it to your life. It's able to meet your deepest needs, your deepest desires, your deepest cries, your deepest wants. It's able to give you guidance from above. But for preaching and teaching to be effective, someone has to be tuned in. We can't be sleeping through the message. 
And you're not disrespecting me. Some people would say you are. But you know what? You're disrespecting a holy God. And if you're okay with that, well, you go for it. There's some people in the New Testament that are disrespecting God in some ways. And you, know, you find out what happened to them. I don't want to go down that road. And I'm sure you don't either. We need to be committed to what God has called us to do. Secondly, we need to have a commitment to God's will. We need to have a commitment as a disciple to God's will, not our own will. Often the reason not for not finding that kind of commitment in the local church is that the church itself doesn't really understand what it means to be Christian or to be a disciple of Christ. They've watered down everything to the point where, hey, just come on, come all, let's sing Kumbaya and go home. Don't talk about the holiness of God. Don't talk about heaven. Definitely don't talk about hell. Don't talk about the blood of Christ or sin. That might offend somebody. That's not what God has called us to do. That's not his will for us. The Bible tells us what his will is as a disciple. He says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some. And that's how that goes. That's how that works. You know, you miss one Sunday, it's easy to miss the next Sunday. You miss the next Sunday, it's easy to miss the third Sunday. Pretty soon, you haven't been here for a month and a half. And you're scratching your head going, gee, nobody's called me. <laughs> Are we committed to doing God's will in our own personal lives? Are we committed to seeking disciples? That's the third thing. When Jesus called his disciples, he was careful to warn them about what they would face. He didn't water things down at all. Matter of fact, he made it rather difficult for them. He talked about a narrow gate in a narrow way. He talked about your own family, as we read this morning, maybe turning against you because you're following Christ. You're going to be persecuted. Why did he do that? He did that to get the half-hearted people out of the way, basically. That's exactly why he did it. He doesn't want half-hearted people. He wants people that want to follow him with a whole heart. And you know what? The same challenge that was before our Lord, the same challenge that he passed on to his apostles is the same challenge that we face as a church and as Christians today. To find people who are willing and eager to respond in obedience to the teaching of God's word. No matter what. No matter what the cost. We have to be committed to seek those kind of disciples. I don't want to just fill this church up with people. We could do that. Some churches give away five bucks. I've heard churches that take up the offering and then they give the offering away to the visitors. I mean, it's crazy some of the things they come up with. They got all sorts of days. You got friend day, you got this day, you got that day. Oh, you, you know, I mean, why do you need these gimmicks? Are we committed to seek disciples or not? Fourthly, a commitment to follow Christ. A true disciple means that the person commits to follow Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's not rocket science. Tell me something I don't know. I mean, sometimes people feel that they got to, you know, there's a certain necessity of dedication in the Christian walk. And that's true. In some churches, you can see the same people coming down because they give an altar call every, every week. The people are coming forward. Why? Well, i got to rededicate my life, Pastor. i got to recommit myself. i got to reconsecrate. i gotta, I got to re-everything. See, the essence of dedication, the essence of commitment and consecration to Christ, to be set apart or to be sanctified in Him, is what Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 42 is all about. It's about willing to give everything to follow Christ. That's the kind of commitment we're talking about. Fifthly, a commitment to learn and teach the essentials. To learn and teach the essentials. Anybody that's a teacher knows that sometimes, you know what, you, you, you have a certain illustration or you have a certain way of saying things that people just seem to get it. And so what happens? Well, you use that again. You repeat it. I mean, sometimes people say, well, you know, we've gone over this before. Hey, I don't make any apologies for that. We need to hear it. Sometimes we need to hear things over and over and over and over again. And that's what Jesus did here with this teaching in Matthew chapter 10. He taught it over and over and over again. Same theme is in Matthew 16, Luke 14, John 8, 
12, 15, all over the place. Scripture says that we learn precept upon precept, line upon line. That's what Isaiah 28, 10 says. So Jesus taught the essentials of gospel truth many times, in different ways, many times. And one of his favorite subjects was discipleship. Well, it is our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. This is our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. We've got a lot of resource materials available there, more information about who we are, and if you need a map to visit us at Grace Bible Church, that's there as well. Again, gracefultruth.org. And would you please drop us an email? Let us know you paid us a visit when you stop by. Again, gracefultruth.org. Or give us a call at 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650 650- 366-9923. We thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you again next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth. Music.